a hand this morning. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. God is good. Um, you know, the, the Holy Spirit, everybody say the Holy Spirit, uh, demonstrates the goodness of God in our lives as we listen and obey what he says. And uh, as I was standing there this morning and Kelly uh, began to share about praise, and I, it just was like um, something on the inside of me said, take care of it right now because the word has been given. When God sends his word, it needs to be acted on. Everybody say acted on. You know, we can get a word from God and then just think, oh, well, you know, sometime, sometime I'll do that. We need to act immediately on the word that God gives. Everybody say immediately. If you want to suddenly in your life, then you have to act immediately on what God says. Or you won't have a suddenly. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know what happened with Faith's video, but she sent us a new one. And uh, this is what we're believing for for Faith. $2,000 a month. Everybody say $2,000. $2,000 a month that she'll have enough supporters that all that added up will take care of $2,000 a month. When you're a missionary, uh, you have to believe God for all your finances. But it's God who's providing. He just uses people to accomplish it. So uh, we agree that there'll be other people besides in this church that will come alongside faith and that she will have more than enough, that she'll go over the top of that 2000 in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Well, we're talking about who's pulling the strings. And uh, last week we, we shared about the Holy Spirit, that God gave us the Holy Spirit so that he could pull the strings of our heart, not, you know, not our head. Everybody say, God doesn't speak to my head. <laughs> God doesn't speak to your head. He doesn't speak to my head. He speaks to our heart through the Holy Spirit. And uh, we're, we're created to know with a conscience, uh, to know right from wrong. But when we receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit quickens us to what God wants us to do in every situation. And sometimes what appears right to us is not really the right thing to do. How many of you have thought that that seems like the right thing to do? only to find out that was not the right thing to do after we did it. And so the Holy Spirit brings a truth on the inside of us that will absolutely keep us in a place of prosperity and peace and, and comfort because he is the comforter, the Holy Spirit. It says in John chapter 14, Jesus spoke to his disciples just before he departed, and he said, I will not leave you orphans. I will not leave you alone, but my father, I'll ask my father and he will give you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will come into your life. Now we say Jesus, you know, comes into our heart, but really Jesus is seated at the right hand of the father. And we talked about that last week. He's, he's not in your heart. The Holy Spirit is the one that talks to your heart, speaks to your heart because God wants to not not rule us from our head knowledge, but he wants to speak into our hearts. That's the covenant he made with us. He said, I'm going to write my words on their heart and then out of their heart, like uh, much like what Pastor Dan said today, we, out of honor, not just a head rule that we've got in our mind that says no, 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 or yes, yes, yes. But out of our heart, what's on the inside of us that causes us to really do what we do with the anointing of God? Not just our ability, but it combines with the anointing of God. And where God's anointing is, there's liberty. There's freedom. It's not any longer just a head uh, decision. It's a heart decision. And it makes all the difference in the world. I want us to look at John 16. <clears throat> and then I want to share this morning 
God's way, man's way. And this is what it says. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Everybody say truth. He will not speak on his own. This is the third person of the Trinity, but will tell you what he has heard. And he will tell you about the future. How many of you have some things you'd like to know about that right now you're not real clear, but you want to know because they affect your life going forward. And uh, I know Sydney's getting ready to graduate from the school that she's been in, cosmetology school, and praise God. But you know, when you're getting ready to graduate, then you're supposed to do something else. And so that something else is what you got to know. Everybody say the Holy Spirit knows. The Holy Spirit knows the very next step for her to take. And and we can get into worry or fear or, you know, we can think about, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? Or we can say, Father, I thank you that you got my future covered because you've made a way for me. And now I just need to hear. Everybody say hear. I just need to hear what that is. So it says that that's a promise. And it says he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Uh, That song this morning, that you would be glorified. You know, God is glorified when we allow the Holy Spirit to do in us what he wants to do. And it's not going to be about us God's going to get all the glory when we do what the Holy Spirit says. And sometimes it's not the way we think it should be. Uh, Sometimes the Holy Spirit doesn't stay in the order that we put him in. He goes a different direction. He does something different. And when he does that, we need to go with him, right, when he says. Because in that place is where God will be glorified. You know, Jesus said, I only do what the Father tells me. And the Holy Spirit is the one who tells us. Jesus heard from his Father. We hear from the Holy Spirit what the Father and the Son are speaking for our lives as well as the lives that we are influencing. And every one of us is influencing somebody. Somebody's watching you. If you don't believe that, if you've had children, watch your children and see what they do that's just like you. How many of you have said, uh-oh, you know, that was me. <laughs> that They learned that from me. Or one of you has said, uh, that's my husband that you're seeing right there, or you're my wife. You know, children imitate who they see, and we're to imitate the Father. And uh, the, the most important thing I, I felt last week that we need to know is that Jesus knows his sheep, and his sheep know his voice. And my husband gave that, that story of how when he was in Israel and they took him, took the people in his group to a place where there were sheep and they were teaching them how, how the Lord knows uh, his sheep and his sheep know him. The shepherd of those sheep stood in that place and called the name of one of those sheep. And there were about 60 or 100 sheep in there, Bill said he. And, and as he called that name, this one little sheep came jumping over all the rest of the sheep to get up there to the shepherd because he knew the voice of the shepherd. What what was even more important was the shepherd knew the name of the sheep. And so God knows your name. You're not forgotten. But we have to be ready to come when he calls. We have to be ready to do what God says. And his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And if you look at Isaiah, I, I love this scripture because it, it gives me uh, hope that I don't always have to have the answer. How many of you are glad you don't always have to have the answer? I don't always have the answer, but I know who does. And this is what it says. This is God speaking to the children of Israel. And he's, it's really uh, calling them to salvation, calling them to receive what God has for them. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. 
For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, it doesn't say that it's impossible to know what God's ways and thoughts are saying. In fact, it goes on here to say, as the rain comes down and waters the earth and the plants grow, so his word goes forth and it waters and brings forth what he wants in our lives. And that his word will not, everybody say will not, will not return void. That's a good promise. God's word will not return void. Listen, I've been listening this week to some of the television and some of the things people are saying, and I am sure those words are going to return void. In fact, there are words sometimes that are spoken that shouldn't even be spoken because there's things that are being done and said that are not what God would have for our nation or for people's lives. Uh, I believe we're in to see some great things that God's going to do. In Proverbs 4:20, this is what it says. And I want to begin here today with this scripture. It says, my child, 420 of Proverbs, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart for they bring life to those who find them in healing to their whole body. When we're looking to have our life increased or healing in our body, we need to look to the word of God, not just the logos, this written word, but to the rhema word for our life. And then it says, guard your heart, guard, everybody say, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Now, you know, that's, that's a pretty bold statement. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Why did God say in Hebrews chapter 8, I'm going to do it differently than I did in the old covenant. I'm not going to give you a set of rules. I'm going to write them on your heart. Because why? Because out of your heart is the way you live, not out of your head. You, you may do what somebody wants you to do, but your heart all the time can be saying, I don't really want to be doing this. But we do it anyway because in the natural, it looks like that's going to cause the solution that's going to work for us. But what really brings life, everybody say life. Because Jesus said, I come to give you life and life more abundant. Well, what's the abundant life? That's when we live out of our heart and not out of our understanding. And so I just thought this was so good. It doesn't say this in the New King James just like this, but this is what it says in the New Living Bible. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I can tell you in my life, I don't know about anybody else's here, but if I had been listening to my heart, I would have made some better decisions along the way. Now, when Jesus wasn't in my life as, as an, uh, my savior, when I knew about who Jesus was, but I hadn't given him my heart, you know, I had, I use my head all the time, but then after I got saved, I still use my head until I learned to obey and listen for the voice of the Holy spirit. And, and many people don't even hear about the Holy spirit. They hear about God. They hear about Jesus, the Holy spirit and the devil, which are the two things we need to know about. Because we live in this world, we have no clue about. It's like people getting married today. I'm going to get off here. Everybody say she's getting off her message. (laughs) People get married today, and there's hardly any classes on what you need to do and believe for when it comes to marriage. And you're going to have to live with that person the rest of your life. But we don't have any teaching all through school about how, you know, to have a good marriage. Now they may have a course or something, but they teach all about 
uh, sex and all these other things, but they don't teach about how to have a godly relationship that God ordained. No teaching. Well, people perish for lack of knowledge. We perish if we're not listening to the Holy Spirit every single day in our lives. And you can listen to last week's message, and I really elaborated on that. But I want to give you the word for communication. Everybody say communication. You know, when Jesus took down the barrier, when the curtain was rent, when that was split, Jesus opened the doorway for us to hear from God just like he heard from God, to communicate, not just to hear, but to talk to God and having talked to us. And this is communication, to transmit transmit, uh, information, thought, or feelings, so it is satisfactorily received or understood. You know, how many of you ever heard somebody tell you something, and when they got all done, you thought, what did they say? What was that? It didn't even, it didn't connect. It says it actually opens people to each other and they can connect. That's the kind of communication the Holy Spirit gives us. Something we can connect to. Now, we may not be able to understand it in our human understanding, but in our heart, it's like, yeah. I've had so many things over the years in ministry that in my heart I believe were God to do, but my head said, you should not do that. A lot of times in finances, a lot of times in sharing information with somebody that I believe the Holy Spirit was showing me that, that I didn't know whether they were going to receive or not. Sometimes people receive the communication of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes they don't. I found in my life when I receive what the Holy Spirit says and act on it, it goes well with me. When I don't, it does not go so well with me. And uh, as I was doing my Bible reading, I just, <clears throat> I thank the Lord because you know, I read through the Bible every year, and sometimes, you know, you just feel like, oh, I'm just reading and reading and reading. And uh, especially in the Old Covenant, you know, it's like, wow. And uh, But anyway, I'm, I'm getting to know these people's names pretty well after about 15 years. But, I, you know, all of you know about Jonah and the whale. So now we're not going back to Sunday school class here. I'm gonna, I want to show you something today about the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. You know, um, we're supposed to renew our mind to the truth of the word of God. That's, our, that's how our mind gets involved. Our mind gets involved after our heart knows what we're doing. Too many believers are still ruled by their flesh telling their mind what to do. But when you get saved, it goes from your heart, everybody say the inner man, to the mind and tells the flesh to be quiet in a lot of time in a lot of situations so you know everything reverses and so this was the lord and he spoke to jonah jonah was a prophet and he says get up and go to the great city of nineveh announce my judgment against it because i have seen how wicked its people are now in my bible it says this would be an assignment to preach the gospel to a band of convicted killers how many of you would say oh yeah that's my job i want to do that uh yes Hallelujah, I was just waiting for something that exciting. And then it says, it it was also ruthlessly violent toward its conquered enemies. In other words, uh, this was a vicious group of people. And not a group of people that you want to go in and say, hey, you know, God... I mean, he has judged you, and you're all going to be destroyed because of how sinful you are. And not expect something to happen to you. Well, this is what this is what Joshua did. Everybody say he heard from God, heard from God. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction (laughs) to get away from the Lord. Everybody say, don't do that. 
He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket, went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. See, he wasn't even trying to escape from the people of Nineveh. He was trying to get away from God. And you say, oh, I would never do that. Father, show them today if they're doing that. Because we can be doing that and not even know we did it. Because what God asks us to do is not always what we think is going to work. That won't work. How many of you ever heard God say something and say, I don't think that'll work? I mean, I don't think they're going to agree with that. I don't think they're going to listen to me. But we have to obey. Everybody say obey. Because we honor what God says. Well, he got his ticket, but the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break up the ship. Well, it goes on down below, and it says, the captain came downstairs to Jonah and said, how can you sleep at a time like this? Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare us. And then it says, the crew cast lots. When they cast lots to see who was the one that was causing the problem, it was Jonah. Now, you know, God isn't out to destroy you, but God will get your attention. How many of you had God get your attention? Oh, I've had God get my attention lots of times. And so they're in this awful storm. And they say to him, why has this awful storm come down on us? And he replies, well, I'm a Hebrew. And I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. And because I didn't do what he told me, this ship is in trouble because I'm on it. Then he said, just throw me overboard and everything will go quiet. And this is what they did. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land. But the stormy sea was too violent for them and they couldn't make it. When we don't listen to the Holy Spirit, nobody, everybody say nobody, nobody is going to rescue you but God himself. So, uh, you know the story, they threw him in the sea and everything, all the wind stopped, everything stopped. And it says the sailors were awestruck by Lord, the Lord's great power. And they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him because they saw what God did when they threw Jonah overboard. Have you ever had people look like they got blessed and you're, you're in a bad place? Well, when we don't obey God, it's, it's about us. It's, it's not about them any longer. God will bless those who obey him and do what he says. They threw him off the ship. He said, throw me off the ship. And as soon as they did, those waves, wind, storm, everything left for those people. Now, the Lord had arranged. Everybody say arranged. arranged. Listen, even when we make mistakes, this is the good news of this story. God arranges something to help us get out of our mess. Now, it isn't always the most pleasant thing. This happened to be a, a fish. And he went in the belly of the fish. I don't think it would be good down there. Have any of you ever had indigestion? You know what that feels like? Well, that, that might be what you would be in the midst of when you got inside that fish. I mean, you'd be begging for Tums. I mean, the, the, the fish would take the... I mean, the inside the human body, inside a fish's body, it was not pleasant down there. And you know what he did when he got down there? He prayed. Everybody say, good, <laughs> good idea. He prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. Now, he's been running away from God. But when he gets in trouble, now he's going to call on God. But the thing that he did, he called on him and he repented. Everybody say repented. It, you know, when we repent, thank God for repentance. Don't ever feel like, oh, I don't want to admit I was wrong. Always admit you're wrong. 
because that's an instant uh, reprieval from the inside of the fish. Because it was for Jonah. It says, then I said, oh, Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet I look once more toward your holy temple. But I will offer sacrifices, verse 9 to you, with songs of praise. And I will fulfill my vows, just kind of like Silas and Paul. I will offer praises right here in the belly of this fish. But you know what happened? Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Everybody say, he's always working for us. He's always working for us to come to him, always trying to get us to where we're supposed to be. God is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Well, so what happens? The Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. You know, God does not change his mind. And the Holy Spirit doesn't say, do this and then find out you won't do it and say, well, hey, how about plan B? Would you like to try that? No, there isn't a plan B when God speaks. There's plan A. God's way or the highway, not my way or the highway, God's way or the belly of a fish, God's way or a place where you're going to go until God assures you that he really has called you to do that and that he really will make a way for you in that place. And there's no way of escape without God. Get up and go to the, to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I've given. Well, we all know he went and he told him 40 days from now, uh, Nineveh will be destroyed. But listen to what the people of Nineveh did. The people of Nineveh believed God's message. And from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast, put on burlap to show their sorrow. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne. He humbled himself. He took off his royal robe. He dressed himself in burlap, sat on a heap of ashes. And then the king told everybody in the city, you must turn from your wicked ways and stop all this violence. I wish this would happen in America. I wish there would be something so powerful that would be unleashed in the earth that all these people, our, our presidential candidates or anybody who speaks, even the news people who seem to be able to commentate, communicate everything that they think they're saying that we, they think we don't hear ourselves, that they have to remind us what they said, you know, like... Talk about pulling the strings. Hallelujah. Pulling all kinds of strings. I, I just know that if any of them said, if God doesn't help us, we're done. The person who says that, God will help. Everybody say that. If God doesn't help me, I'm done. And that's the truth. So the Holy Spirit of God is always speaking. In the old covenant, the Lord spoke to the prophets only. But if you read Hebrews chapter 1, it says, because of Jesus, God speaks to all of his people now, not just the prophets. Isn't that great? I mean, you are like Jonah. God will speak to you. Now, you're not a prophet unless God told you you're a prophet, but you have the ability to hear God just like these prophets heard. But the key is then we have to do what we hear. Because the Holy Spirit is showing us things to come. You know, uh, I think of my life where along the way there were opportunities where I could have maybe listened to what God said instead of what I felt. Had I known that God talks to people? Uh, you know, I pray in this church, our children are taught in this church from the beginning and uh, in the homes of all of you that they can hear from God. But, you know, there's a whole world of children out there who have no clue 
that they can hear from God. They have no clue that God has a wonderful plan for their life. They do not know they are fearfully and wonderfully made. They do not know that there are great things in their destiny and their future. They do not know that if they hang on to God, he is going to take them where they need to go. Do you know how many people are in that place? Adults, children, the whole world is looking after something that can only be found with Jesus can only be found when the Holy Spirit takes over their life. Does that mean we do everything right? No, but it does mean that we can hear from a God who loves us and he'll help us. And he helped Jonah. He got him out of that thing, but he made him do what he said. So he does it. It says this change of plans, what change of plans? Well, God decided since they repented, he wasn't going to destroy him. Now Jonah's mad all over again at God. Now, you know, that's not right. I mean, I look what I've been through. And you didn't even do to them what you said you were going to do. I'm a prophet. Do you know what happens to the prophet if what they say doesn't come to pass? In the old covenant, they would be stoned. They'd be killed. But because they repented. Everybody say repented. Jonah did what he was supposed to do. He gave the message. You know, as believers, we're only called to give the message. I mean, what happens after that is up to the people. It's up to those who hear that message, whether they receive it and do something with it. But we are called to speak. Everybody say to speak. We are called to speak. And it shows, he says, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah. He became angry. He said, I knew that you were merciful and compassionate, God. Slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now. <laughs> Everybody said, I think that's hilarious. Just kill me. If you're not going to kill them, kill me then. You know, how stupid is that? Stupid is as stupid does. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. Well, he never predicted it anyway. God did. And God doesn't predict. God says. So now, Jonah, it's all about Jonah again. See, the thing that keeps people from obeying God, ultimately, self. (laughs) My sister just cringed on the front row. She goes, ooh, self. You know, we all have to deal with ourselves. Amen? You know, we need to spend more time dealing with ourselves than other people. And if we deal with ourselves, probably the other people, you know, God will take care of them. But it says, what I predicted, and the Lord replied, is that right for you to be angry about this? Well, you know, Jonah went out and he pouted in it. Long story short, God grew a tree over him to keep him out of the sun. Says God arranged that. Well, then God arranged for that tree to go away. Well, then Jonah's all upset because now he's hot and God didn't do what he said. And I mean, his whole life's in the toilet. And then, you know what God says to him? You know, who are you to be telling me what to do with a plant? You care about the plant? And you care about you, but you don't care about all those people in Nineveh that I was about to destroy and I didn't. And and you're upset about the plant. You know, I believe God is saying to the body of Christ, hey, there's something much bigger here than what we see. God is so big. God can deliver a city of evil people with one word from someone who will do what the Holy Spirit says. Now listen, this is critical because we're living in a nation where we need to hear a word. The people of this nation need to hear a word. And we are the people who have the word. 
We have the word of God and we have the word of the Holy Spirit in our heart. Now, um, I, I want to share this with you because um, I, I believe that God wants us to know that he's speaking. If in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12, and if, if you just go there, I want to read this to you. Because this, this is a scripture, one of my favorites that God used in my life. Um, but first I want to tell you, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you. And therefore a future and a hope. Even for Jonah, look how many times God rescued him. Even though he got mad at God. You may be here today and say, well, I got mad at God once. You know, there are people who are mad at God because they don't understand what God, what happened. They don't understand. But listen to this scripture. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. This is second, or 1 Corinthians 2, 9. And no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit, For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. You know, sometimes we don't know why that, why did that happen? Why did that happen? You know, this is affecting my life. Why did that happen? I want to read you the scripture that God gave Sharon Doherty when Pastor Billy Joe died. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the works of this law. Sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we may not know for a year or two, or maybe down the road, God will reveal something. But in the meantime, everybody say, in the meantime, we have to have our confidence in God because he will reveal the secret things when he wants us to know him. God will tell us. And it goes on, it says, no one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. So if we're going to know what God wants us to know, we're going to have to know it by the spirit. Everybody say, by the spirit. So God, God wants you to know this. Who can know the thoughts of the Lord? Verse 16. Who knows enough to teach God, which is what Jonah was trying to do, but we understand. Everybody say, I understand. I understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Well, how do we have the mind of Christ? Because we renew our mind to the truth of God's word that we receive in our heart. And that's how this whole thing goes together. You're not going to lose your mind when you get saved. You're going to lose a lot of things that your mind's been in control of, maybe, because God's going to change your mind. Everybody say, my mind could stand to be changed. My mind needs to be changed because when you're believing God for big things, your mind has to be convinced by your heart that this is really God because it's way beyond your ability to have faith until your heart convinces your mind and then your mind is, begins to hope for those things that are impossible and that releases faith. Amen? Are you getting this? So we don't frustrate the grace of God, it says in Galatians Galatians 2.20. But the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. And so we begin to live that kind of life. Now I'm going to close with this example because, um, you know, we can be foolish. The Galatian church, they were, they were foolish. It says, how long are you going to remain in this foolish state having begun in the spirit? Now you're going to try to fix it in the flesh. How many of you know it, it can't happen? You can't start in the spirit and then try to fix something in the flesh. You have to stay in the spirit. You have to stay in that realm. And it is a whole other realm. But God operates in it. He operates daily in it. Not just 
when you're in trouble. And uh, when I was in Washington, I met this pastor in, in, when I was with Sharon in Ashdod in Israel. And I, I played the piano in the church. If you have that picture, do you have that picture, Sandy? This is Israel Pokhtar, and uh, he's a young pastor who, when he was 18 years old, was in the first crusade that Billy Joe Doherty was in, in Russia, when thousands of people came and gave their life. He was 18. He got saved in that crusade. He now is a pastor in Ashdod, and he pastors a church of Russian Jews that have returned there. And Pastor Sharon and I, do you have that picture of us? She's ministering. It's called the Voice of Judah Israel, Bet Halal Congregation. And then there's a picture of the church. Did you not get it? Okay. It's a picture of her ministering in his church. Now, I was just there for like two and a half hours. It was like we, they, they brought us in. Oh, there it is. And she's up there and I'm over there on the piano. She's, I mean, she is preaching everything she knows in an hour and a half and we're supposed to be at the airport because we're going to leave on a plane they dumped us there off the bus her and me and three other people four other people and they said don't be late to the airport and you have to get there at this time for them to go through all the things when you come out of israel there's things you takes a while to get out of there (laughs) and so I'm with her now. She loves people and she wants to minister and she's singing, singing songs. She didn't even tell me she's going to sing and I'm playing and people are getting healed and she forgets to stop. And Israel's out there, the pastor and he's pastor Pastor and he's looking at me and I'm thinking, I can't just stop playing. You know, I mean, I could, but she wouldn't like it. And so, you know, we're just go on and on. We're late. We are late. We fly out of there. We say goodbye. We get in this van. They shoot us to the airport. I didn't, I didn't even get to say goodbye to pastor. I mean, it was just a rush from the moment we landed. We got there at five o'clock and the service started at five 30. He rushed us to the church. So I, I saw him. I talked with him, but it was so brief. Well, I'm in Washington. I'm sitting with Bonnie Beadle, who is Sharon's assistant, Pastor Sharon's assistant, myself and another lady who her son was married to a girl that lived in Israel. I mean, she's an Israeli. And so we're sharing and talking up walks. I don't recognize him, but it's Pastor Israel. And he sees our badge that we're there for uh, Christians United for Israel. He said, good morning, ladies. How's your morning? We said, just fine. You know, he was just friendly and just talking to us. And, and, uh, I said, where are you from? He said, Israel. <laughs> I know the guy. Oh dear Jesus. I mean, I've been in his church, but I didn't recognize him. But the good thing was he didn't recognize me either. And so he's, he starts talking to us. And, uh, and then the other lady says, oh, my son's married to an Israeli. She's from da da And they're conversing. And I said, well, where are you from? He said, Ashdod. I said, I have been there. Just a year ago, I was in a church. <gasps> it was your church. He goes, yes, I remember you, Pastor Sharon. I go, yes. I said, this is her assistant. Oh, my goodness, he says. Everybody say divine appointments. In the lobby of a hotel. And it all connected again. And and we began to share. I thought, God, I don't know what you're doing, but he's doing something. Everybody say doing something. See, when you are led by the Holy Spirit, he just came out of the blue. Well, then this other night, the last night, I came in. Pastor Sharon and Bonnie came in. They started talking to me. In, In the door comes Pastor Israel. The man with him is organizing a big prayer meeting in Israel for the 4th and 5th of, I think, of June next year. And it's going to be with the people from the Knesset, from the leadership. Uh, uh, but it's 
Christian people, but these other people are coming. And they want Pastor Sharon to maybe come and share in that. All of this happened to connect everybody with where God is going. God knows his sheep. And his sheep hear his voice. We could have just said, oh, it's nice to meet you. But God orchestrated that whole conversation to where he made a connection. And all I can tell you is I was not a woman of faith when they dumped me in that town a year ago. Because they said bombs were shot here last night at this place. But don't be concerned. If you have to, they'll put you in a bomb shelter and you'll be just fine. See ya. Literally, off the bus, Sharon grabs her suitcase like it's not unusual. I'm going behind her thinking, oh, dear God. Oh, help us, Jesus. You know, I'm sure she wasn't thinking any of that. But you grow in your walk with God, and you begin to gain confidence. I know when he walked up, and after that was over, I said to Bonnie, do you know, girls, God knows where we are this morning. He knows our name. He connected us because he wanted to connect us with Pastor Israel this morning. What a blessing to have the Holy Spirit of God use each one of us to be and do what his plan is for the world. Can you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. Give God praise because that, you know, that's, that's really. Um, 